0: Welcome to The Lead, a podcast where we learn how to get ahead in the media industry from the people who did. I'm Charlotte Norsworthy. In this episode of The Lead, I talk to Sabria Rice, recently hired on as the night chair for health and medical journalism here at the Grady College. Prior to her move to Georgia, she was the business of healthcare reporter for the Dallas Morning News. She's previously reported on health, science, and medicine for Modern Healthcare Magazine, the CNN Medical Unit, and the Blue Zones and has served as Director of Media Relations for the American Cancer Society. In this episode, we discuss the unique challenges the health and medical field brings journalists and how students might balance a reporting career with graduate school. But first, a word from our sponsor. This podcast was created by the Cox Institute for Journalism, Innovation, Management, and Leadership as a part of its Innovation Fellowship Program. To learn more, go to grady.uga.edu slash coxinstitute. Now, here's the lead. Welcome to the show, Sabria. I really appreciate your time and welcome to
1: Grady. Thank you. You have one semester under your belt. How has it been? It's been an exciting transition. Everything is new and different, and it's nice to be back on a campus. Uh, I always love being on college campuses because knowledge is everywhere, so it's been a good semester.
0: (laughs) Awesome. Well, to start off, let's talk about medical journalism and your experience with this beat. And to kind of open it up, can you explain how medical journalism as, as a section of news is different from other beats like education or government?
1: Absolutely, I think healthcare is a very big and very vast industry, and the more you know about it, the less you know about it. In a sense, um, there's so so much going on. Um, one way in which healthcare, the healthcare beat, is different from others is that sometimes you're dealing with people at their most vulnerable moments. Um, they are sick. They are frustrated. Um, there's a lot of financial. Um, concerns that come along with having a healthcare issue, and you're meeting people at that point often. Um, and there's a lot of proprietary and confidential information that can't be shared. So learning the intricacies of that is a real challenge for healthcare journalists and um, being able to keep up with the, the various different laws and rules that, that govern how we can report, or not how we can report, but what access to information we can have.
0: Are there any elements that make this subject matter hard other than the difficulty to access information you mentioned, sort of meeting people in their most vulnerable state? Can you expand on what about that aspect makes it difficult?
1: I think it's in how you interview people, um, having a level of empathy and compassion and knowing that people are opening up to you about very private concerns that they have. But there are private concerns that maybe other people have too. And often um, when I'm speaking with someone, especially a patient who is going through a a very difficult situation. It's remembering that (laughs) in that moment and knowing, um, being able to explain, I'm going to ask you some of these personal questions. Um, It may be uncomfortable and um, stop me (laughs) if you feel uncomfortable. But then um, also putting that, their stories into context. Sometimes people feel as though they're going through something in isolation. And the more you speak to patients about their experiences, you find very common ground. So I think um, that is a challenge, just learning to be more um, empathetic, I think, in how you report and how you approach people about their concerns.
0: Have you ever struggled with gaining the trust of, of a source for a medical story? And how do you overcome that? Or I guess even how do you even begin that conversation with with a potential source? How do you go about finding someone for your story?
1: I reach out in every way possible. I found people on Twitter and Facebook. I found people reaching out to um, some advocacy organizations. I find often if someone has taken their story to someone already, they are more willing to speak. But then also just a little grassroots. Sometimes you overhear a conversation or you, um, you have an experience of your own and you wonder, is that something? Um, And so when you are able to go to the person and say, you know, I had this happen as well, that seems uh, really unusual. Tell me about your experience. I think knowing that you're that you have um, that experience makes people a little more comfortable, but also knowing that you're doing this um, to inform the public and help others um, so that maybe they don't have that experience or maybe they can do something to prevent a condition or to mitigate a medical bill. I think that helps people open up a little more.
0: And how do you maintain a balance between, say, a patient's privacy or what they expect to be entitled to while also striving to personify an abstract concept like healthcare or a specific healthcare law or bill that may be passing. Mm-hmm. So if if a source comes to you with a concern or expects to have more privacy than maybe they're granted, how do you maintain a balance of of giving them what they need while also gaining what you need?
1: I think the bottom line is it 's about respect and communication. Um, I would never show up to an interview without having um, done a early uh, pre conversation or pre interview with the individual as well, um, in which especially if it 's a patient where we 're setting expectations and they have a clear idea of what i 'm going to be talking to them about. I, I think that 's important to do right off the bat. Uh, When approaching the um, organizations that I write about, I do the same thing. I want to have a conversation with them first and let them know. Sometimes that works out and sometimes it doesn't. But with individuals who are experiencing the healthcare system, I feel um, very passionate about speaking with them and making sure uh, we are on the same page about their condition, about who I might be speaking with, um, including their own doctors and that sort of thing. If it's a hospital or health system that has provided a patient to you. Obviously, they have had to go through what we call HIPAA clearance, where they have given you permission to speak to them. So generally, in those situations, they're a little more open to speaking.
0: Do you find certain kinds of medical stories more difficult to report on for whatever reason, such as elder care or mental illness, mm-hmm.
1: for example? Um, for me, I think the more challenging stories to cover as a healthcare reporter are those that have to do with policy, because often policy happens in a on a national level and based in DC, um, and it takes a while for that to. Um, reach the public in a way that they can see and have a meaningful experience with. So in trying to understand, for example, the intricacies of the Affordable Care Act or what repeal and replace could be, it's really hard to make that something that's tangible to the public um, and to give them actual um, information that they can use to make informed decisions. In terms of other things, I think the more personal the condition the person has experienced, um, Sometimes the more challenging. There's a lot of emotion involved in going through uh, the the medical system, and again, the financial outcomes. So, yeah, I think those are the two biggest, uh, the two biggest ones. And I can imagine how difficult it is to also personify
0: what that means for an individual, or who a policy initiative is going to affect the most in terms of groups of people, right? right?
1: And people change. So if you are employed now, you may not be employed later. Um, and it can make a difference in where you access your health care, what kind of providers you have access to. It could be a matter of where you live and people are transient. We move around. So um, what I report in one state might be very different than what is reported in another, in another state. And um, not only is there national policy, but there's state policy. So, And they, they become interwoven when you think about things like the way um, Medicare or Medicaid uh, work um, on a national and state level. I think that's part of the biggest challenge because those things change so much and people change so much. So when you're trying to target an audience, it can be a really, really big challenge, especially if you are at a local um, news outlet um, trying to pay attention to what's happening on the national landscape, but bring it home to the people in your community. Well, transitioning
0: a little bit over into the graduate level program that you're heading up here at Grady, the Health and Medical Journalism program is specifically targeted to graduate students. And undergraduates, at least here in Grady, aren't taught sort of how to navigate the healthcare and medical field. What about the subject makes it more specialized and granting the need for a graduate level program?
1: Absolutely. I think um, there is a need for a graduate program for this topic um, because there are so many things to learn about the healthcare industry, and obviously, you could be in the the profession for years and still not know everything. On the undergraduate level, especially as a journalist, I think it's important to gain those writing skills, observation skills, um, learning how to how our industry works, and how to navigate um, as a reporter or producer um, and Get your storytelling skills um, under par. And then I think it's important to turn your focus to some kind of specialty. And I think with healthcare, um, you can subspecialize as well. So um, I try to focus on some of the key things that students will uh, be doing out there in the field they are going to have to interview patients and speak with individuals who are going through a very difficult time. So learning how to do that. Um, There's no way to avoid research and science. So if you are learning how to read and understand a medical uh, study, but also um, learning how to understand statistics, at least a little bit. Um, And as journalists, there's often a fear of math and science. And I just, I discourage that. I think, you know, once you understand and the basics, you're basically becoming a translator, which is how I, I look at it. Um, there are There's research happening over here, and being able to translate that to layman's terms, I think, is very important. And then being able to get out there and get that experience and start uh, writing and publishing. So that is what our graduate program does, uh, taking the specialty and taking your interests, whether that be healthcare policy or healthcare um, focusing on the science and innovation or public health and what's happening in the communities around us. I think it requires a level of specialization that you have to focus on intently and do every day and have the skills as a journalist to know to push back and what our ethics are and values and the pillars that we depend on.
0: So you had a robust career in health and medical journalism before coming over to Grady this past semester. What Uh inspired this massive shift in your career?
1: Oh, that's a great question. I'd be began my career actually uh, with Entertainment Tonight and quickly realized that entertainment wasn't my thing. So I went back to grad school and my focus was a communication studies program, which was research and statistical based. So um, when I began at CNN, I started doing a lot of freelance work for the uh, medical unit, sometimes because I could understand the studies and understood how research was uh, the the basis of research. Um, So I started doing a lot of of freelance work for, the, for that department. And at the same time, I was traveling with a National Geographic team that explores longevity around the world. So then it just became a natural transition, and it took off from there. Journalism, especially print journalism,
0: is still working out maintaining its longevity. And you're former employer, the Dallas Morning News, is Mm -hmm. especially struggling with that as they, in January, recently had to let go of over 40 people. There are signs in the industry that are showing that this struggle is still far from over. Mm -hmm. Where are you finding the stability of health and medical reporting jobs? Are things moving to freelance work?
1: I wouldn't say necessarily freelance, um, but there are lots of organizations out there that focus specifically on healthcare. Um, And so there are opportunities within that space. If you consider organizations like WebMD or uh, Kaiser Health News or STAT based in Boston, um, there are outlets that have developed around this particular industry because it is so big and it is so vast and it has a direct impact on people's lives. So I think people going into the field now may find more in the digital space or even in trade uh, publications that continue to focused uh, specifically on this issue. I, uh, before Dallas Morning New- News, worked at Modern Healthcare Magazine, which is a trade publication that focuses specifically on the industry. In any of those outlets, I feel like there's a stability. They're formed for a very specific audience. Um, and when you know your audience, you can um, create the content that is necessary to sustain, I think. So in closing, forming this back to, to students...
0: What advice do you have for those students who really want to dive into difficult subject matter as a professional journalist? Do you recommend jumping into reporting or maybe checking out grad school? What would you have to say to those people who are sort of at a fork in the road?
1: I would say don't be afraid. I think if you have an inkling for something, follow follow that. Pursue it. Um, and I I often think back to the first uh, medical study that I wrote about for CNN Health. Um, And it was a complicated look at a new antibody for the treatment of HIV, or that could lead to a potential treatment for HIV AIDS. I just remember looking at the study and thinking, this isn't even a language that I can understand. There are words on the paper that all make sense, but it was very daunting. But, you know, I stuck with it. The more you do something, the better you get at it. So um, just working that muscle and keeping it alive and, you know, developing a skill set that can differentiate you in the field. I think that is what... All future journalists should do, um, no matter whether they specialize in healthcare or business or education or politics. Just kind of know your industry and know your field and don't be afraid. Every new experience is a learning opportunity that can only make you stronger for the future. Is there anything else that you'd like to add about the world of health and medical journalism and where it's headed? I just encourage people to check it out um, and and to know that we're all going to experience the healthcare system at some point, whether that be through uh, having to purchase health insurance or, worst case scenario, ending up in the emergency room. Um, So understanding the field just makes you a smarter consumer, um, and it's something that you can pay forward to help someone else.
0: Great. Well, thank you so much for being here, Spree. I really appreciate your time. Thank you.
1: Thanks for listening to The Lead.
0: I'm your host, Charlotte Northworthy. This episode was produced with guidance from Keith Herndon, director of the Cox Institute at the University of Georgia. For more episodes with interesting media leaders, subscribe to The Lead on iTunes, Google Play, or Spotify. Until next time.